Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and End podcast. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen, getting ready for the week ahead. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Not too bad. Thank you for jumping on the call with me here. We're running a little bit uh, later than normal, but um, lots lots in the works, lots of good stuff. So um, why don't I start it off here with um, a little bit of sector performance. Sounds so um, Friday was uh, an obviously an outstanding day um, with you know, getting this uh, debt ceiling stuff uh, dealt with and um, not that it's ever going to be over long term, but uh, it is temporarily. So return of the Goldilocks economy, I guess, right, <laughs> as what it seemed like on Friday. Um, and we had a shortened week, right? So, um, you know, this this shortened week was a dry powder keg. So here's the one day relative performance for basic materials and um, the one week relative performance, um, you can see that basic materials came in fourth. Um, so it almost did in one day what it did for the week. But uh, not every day uh, uh, or a week that you see everything green, right? Mm-hmm. So pretty strong uh, performance. And for the week, consumer cyclical took it. You know, you've got uh, it's a very a cyclical is very diverse and it includes obviously Tesla too um, and real estate. You know, that uh, was kind of like one of the things that was being held back there a little bit with the financial concerns and the banking and stuff like that. Um, And you can see consumer defensive um, down at the bottom for the week, utilities down at the bottom. So energy down at the bottom, too, although it had a couple days that it uh, popped up. You can see it right here in the one day performance. Um, So it was actually down earlier in the week and Friday helped Thursday and Friday helped to bring it up. Okay, um, so this is groups and ETF performance as of June 2nd. Um, so we finished the week here. Now, I wanted to point out something. If you go and just look at like this, the groups, you can see basic materials, 4% for the week, 100, uh, communication, 1.99, so on. But then if you look down here at the actual sector ETF, you can see it's a bit different. So basic materials is XLB 3.57 for the week versus 4%. Uh, communications 3.68 for XLC versus 1.99. So why is that? Like when you're digging around in Finviz or elsewhere, you might see even different articles use some of them use these, some of them use this, right? So what's different? So this basic materials contains 258 symbols, some with very small um their small market cap or their very little volume. Whereas XLB, which is the sector ETF, spider sector, it only has 31 symbols, 90% are large cap and 10% are mid cap. And of, of that, LIN is 20.67 of XLB by weight. So in this one symbol, LIN, the company is 20% of that. Wow. So I just, I needed to point that out because like, Sometimes people are drawing on these performances from different locations, and there is a distinction between whether you're talking about the sector spider itself, which is really the S&P 500, um, you know, broken into those those groups, just like SPY is spider, right? Sector is the (laughs) it is the S&P 500 sector spider, right? So anyway, um, but I hope that helps. And the same thing for all of these other ones, too. There's a whole pile of companies in here. 
um, and only a, a small handful in each one of these. Okay, and these are mostly large cap. Hope that helps. Okay, um, Dave sent me this uh, latest news here. Um, we had some of our traders were asking about, uh, you know, what's going to happen over the weekend with this, and um, we expected that the Saudis would cut, but how to how to know what's going to move with it? How do you how do you know what's going to participate? I mean, if you want to just play it like the last time they cut where this is a million barrels the last time was two million and um yeah you know things popped up about six percent and then they faded from that point so i think people are getting a little bit wiser to that so this is the chart here where when the news hit it was up a lot and it's pulled back substantially already mm. but here's the weekly down here or no, sorry the you can see the week, but uh, the daily. Um, we had this two-day rally right here, and then uh, this is happening now, where it, it's popped up and it's pulling back. So, how it will be tomorrow? If it if it's down enough, I think it could be bullish because there'll be people that are getting the news in the morning, and then they'll be acting, thinking that oil could be bullish for a bit. Um, and so, if it pulls, if it stays down enough, um, yeah, it could be a buying opportunity. If it goes up again, um, you got to evaluate it based on the overnight and pre-market highs and then make a dis decision. The last time when OPEC cut, we recommended, you know, you go to stock odds and you can take some longs and short ideas right from there. And they they played out quite nicely. Um, the same thing might be true here. Or another idea is to to, to get some longs together and then just use the ETF like XLE or something like that as a hedge, if necessary, or right from the get-go. So again, it depends on on how much it's uh, opening up. But that's WTI, and so you could take a look at XLE and see uh, where it is. Okay, and what do we got here? Um, Q's for the month of June, and uh, you know we already discussed this last week, but we got through this first Friday. So how did the how did the queues do on Friday? Take a look here in a minute. Um, we have mid month seasonality, you know, not starting until the ninth business day of the month. On the ninth business day of the month, that is going to be one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine. So it'll be the first day of the FOMC meeting, which is on the thirteenth and fourteenth. Now. The decision will be on the 14th announced, obviously, but so mid-month seasonality starting there. If things um, are quite bullish, well, a lot of times before a Fed meeting, there is that run-up. And I could see that happening again on that Tuesday with the start of seasonality. Um, but how it plays out after will be based on what the Fed actually does. I think that the market has been trying to factor in both attitudes. One is they're going to pause, and one is they're actually going to hike a quarter point. So I think the market would be okay with either one because there's been a lot of juggling back and forth related to this. And now that we've got the death ceiling behind us, um, you know, I think I would lean a little bit more to a, to a summer rally. We have expiration on the 16th, and last year 
we started our summer rally around that time. So keep that in mind. Um, the third Friday is is the low spot in June, and then uh, the last five trading days we actually start down and we finish finish okay for the month. So it'll be interesting. Uh, reason I brought this up is I wanted to show. Uh, pull this away here for a sec. I wanted to show the um, cues where we are on the daily. So again, look at look at how uh, we've cleared that August high, and we're working on March of 2022. That uh, March 28th of 2022, that high. So that's the next target. And, terms of a price point. So I'll be looking at that, right? That was just after we had this dip down because the war started, right? Mm. And then uh, we uh, popped back up and then it was down from there. So and it ended up obviously being a bad year. The October 13th was the low for the queues on the CPI numbers. And then we sort of had higher lows and built. And then of course, uh, January, the January effect you know, kind of retracing some of what it uh, had lost and continuing. It's been it's been in leadership all the way around. But I want to show something to you guys really important here. Look at how the queues behaved on Friday. We uh, opened, shot up, went all the way back down and filled the gap dramatically, tagged it exactly and then bounced back up to perform OK for the day as expected by our seasonality almanac. But this was volatile trading. Now, look, let's look at how the diamonds, which is a price weighted ETF, not market cap weighted. Um, but look at how it played out on Friday. And this is what I want to point out with signal to noise. Let me make this a bit bigger here. So this also opened up with a premium, but instead of like shooting up and down and being volatile, it just climbed the upper Bollinger Band with high signal, pulled back to test the VWAP, which you got to give the VWAP a little bit of time to be relevant, and, and it was, tagged it and then moved higher, and then just you know started to climb the Bollinger Band again, but pulling back only to the simple moving average, the 20 period there. So this is, this is high signal, and it's you know separating from the VWAP and just continuing to, to march higher. So now bear in mind, the Dow has been lagging for the year, mm -hmm. right? The Qs, the NASDAQ has been in the leadership role. This has been lagging. And so call this a catch up day, or, you know, like we're just, uh, you know, went on a tear. Great. Um, but I wanted to point out that signal to noise because when I talk about it, that's kind of what I mean. The queues were very volatile, very low uh, amount of, you know, pace, um, very low signal. Now, when we get to 3 p.m. and we've been in this kind of situation, not that it didn't happen this time, be very alert that we can pull back towards closing closer to V1, right? That is a possibility that we have that. Okay, I'm going to pass the baton over to Dave here to talk about. Um, what economic reports we have on the horizon for this week. We now have full week. Last week was a shortened week. Full week, what economic reports, earnings, anything else on your radar? Yes, yeah, so, so Monday we have two reports, the uh, S&P U.S. Services PMI 
and the ISM report. And once again, the PMI is the Purchasing Managers Index, and it kind of um, gives you a view of how manufacturing is doing. Uh, a number of 50 or more shows that it's, the economy is expanding in terms of manufacturing, and a number less than 15 shows contraction. So we're, they're expected to show a number of 55, a median forecast of that. So it still shows expansion in the manufacturing area. And then ISM, it's the um, it's the um, Institute for Supply Management. And again, this shows non-manufacturing um, business activity, services mostly, and then Again, 50 is that key number. Above 50 is expansion, and we're expected to have a median forecast of 52%. So neither of these are showing contraction in terms of manufacturing or services. So the economy is intact, and we'll see how those um, the reports come out. So that could affect um, the market on Monday. Tuesday, there's nothing major scheduled. Wednesday, some insight into consumer credit and the U.S. trade deficit. Those aren't usually market moving. And then Thursday, initial jobless claims and wholesale inventory. So a little bit light on the economic reports. And then in terms of earnings, just a few out there. Um, Tuesday, there's Cracker Barrel, um, Dave & Buster's. There's a lot of staples, JM Smucker. Uh, Wednesday, Brown Foreman, Campbell's Soup, United Natural Foods. Thursday, you have DocuSign. Um, that's... Um, kind of one of those arc symbols. And then Signet Jewelers, that can show you how the um, middle consumer is doing, if they're gonna be pulling back on their jewelry purchases. And then for also Friday, we have um, Vail Resorts, things like that. So that's um, luxury uh, travel. So there's a smattering of earnings, um, but nothing major, nothing like uh, one of the mega seven symbols that are driving the QQQ. Yeah, yeah that's it there. Anything else? No, and then there's some um, dividend, ex-dividend dates for um, Ross. Monday, we have Ross Stores, Kraft Heinz, Tuesday, Slob, Wednesday, NVIDIA, Thursday, ADP. So um, if you have a strategy that could be uh, going in, like a swing, swing trading strategy that's into ex-dividend or coming out of it, you can pay attention to those. Uh, yeah, any pair trading or any swing trading definitely has yeah. to take that into account, right? Correct. Um, Generally speaking, you just if you're in a pair relationship and you have a dividend on one of the stocks, then you would you would adjust the layer price that you put it on by the dividend amount, right? So generally subtract the dividend out of it. Um, I want to talk about the uh, U.S. dollar. Um, so let's go to the monthly here, and you can see that um, we are still, as compared to most of the, the timeline here, we're still in a fairly elevated position. We're, um, you know, post the big spike that we had um, in 2022. I mean, it started in already 2020 here with uh, the COVID spike, and then we pulled back, and then we rallied again with the war and stuff like that going on. And then we've been coming off the back of that with a little bit of a pop here so far in May, just because of the debt ceiling. So again, that was a confusion for some people as to why the, the dollar would be getting stronger when you have a debt ceiling problem. Um, and part of it is that if they had curtailed it and cut out a lot of expenditures from what was sort of forecast, then um, I think that could be positive for the dollar. And also when there's troubling times, it still has been 
you know, flight to quality or de defensive. Um, now that we've had the debt ceiling thing addressed until next time, um, and we see more de-dollarization going on, and it's at a fairly fast pace. I know it's not always forefront and center in the news, but it is a fairly fast pace. Um, and yeah, it still makes up the majority of global trade. But if that, if those undercurrents continue, then I would expect some pressure on the dollar. And so that would be my posture: is we've got we've got this high to lean on, which unless there's, you know, significant calamity of some sort, I don't know what would cause it to to go back up there. And it's possible, but we got something to lean on anyway. And and so we have lots of downside opportunity on the dollar which then says okay well what what could gold do here's gold and it's still sitting very elevated with 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 a major resistance up above here on the monthly and that does two things if it if it can keep knocking on there it'll eventually pop through at some point and um Gold could have a, a nice run up to towards, you know, 2,800 or something like that. So the longer it bangs up against there, the more pressure is probably going to build. Um, so if the dollar does decline, then I, I could see some upside for gold, silver, and the other metals as well. Copper, again, is the one that's telling us whether there's going to be a real likelihood of recession or not. And uh, it's staying fairly elevated. So that means uh, economy is still okay globally and less likelihood of recession even though there's obviously all kinds of undercurrents we also have to look at uh the volatility here and the vix is getting to where it's starting to slide again and that puts uh into perspective this 15 kind of this 15 to 16 area. So I could see us uh, heading back down there, which again means usually an upward swinging market, volatility declining, upward swinging, probably the dollar declining a little bit. Um, commodities maybe doing a little bit better too with, uh, with the dollar pulling back. So just keep an eye on the VIX. This will be a, a huge indicator for you. Um, let's just put it into a daily chart here so you can see. So there's there's the daily. You can see what we're knocking on the door of the low that we had in April. So I think this uh, could stand a chance here of, of breaking down. Now, again, this week here, we're in a, a little bit of a lull week. We don't have a lot of seasonality. Um, Maybe we're going to see some, wait and see what the Fed has. Maybe we're going to have a bunch of posturing or influential people, talking heads, whatever, cause the market to, to have a little dip or whatever. That's entirely possible. Um, again, next week, Tuesday, start of seasonality. Market's usually a little bit more bullish, anticipating the Fed will be kind. We don't know for sure, but uh, that's what... Uh, tends to happen. So with that, I think we can uh, wrap it up. Anything else, Dave? No, that's it for me. Okay. All right. Thanks for your help on this. Take care.